Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of AMRAs and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? My name is Gibetto Funkin, one shoe stumble, knackle timber shivers, at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The many pennies? The many pennies. Them. I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this 24-item to-do list, and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know, I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at AdventureIncPod.com. All right, cool. Um, Well, then, with that, um, I'd like to reintroduce my special guest for the week. His second outing on the show, Stefan. Please introduce yourself to the world. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm uh, Stefan. I'm glad to be back. I'm a... uh, Scream Forever One on Twitter. If you want to follow me, um, I have uh, recorded several episodes for Diva Dailies. Most of them will be released later this year, uh, around October. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to be back and doing this. Kind of a lot of I remembered a lot of things that I forgot to mention in the last cool. episode that um, I'd love to talk about now. Awesome. So since we last talked, I mean, you know. We recorded our last episode um, early on in the pandemic, and you're in Minnesota, and it was before everything could happen in the world. So I'd like to just say I hope everyone's still staying safe. Absolutely. And, and Black Lives Matter and support yes. everybody fighting back out there. I'm sure you agree, sir. Mm-hmm. And happy Pride Month. Yes, and happy Pride Month to everybody. Yes, we get a lot of progressive social things happening all at once and i am couldn't be happier to be producing content in this time and be able to help carry that message if i or as far up as i'm able so anyone who has a voice right now is has true power in that regard i agree so uh yeah with that how have you been since we last talked i've been good i mean yeah i uh I'm still up in Duluth. I will be going back uh, pretty soon. Um, I got a call from my office today, and I could be returning as soon as the week after the 4th of July. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that's, I, I hope that's good. I mean, I'm sure it's good news to be back employed. Or do you think, do you think it'll be safe? Yeah, I mean, they're doing uh, precautions, you know, like you wear a mask if you leave your desk, you know, six feet apart, stuff like that. Yeah, that's how it, that's how it is here. It's been working really well. We haven't, we haven't had anyone get sick, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Minnesota, too, I mean, you know, if they're saying the second wave is starting right now, you know, Minnesota's done a great job at uh, curbing everything. Uh, I mean, we, we really sheltered in place, you know, for the period and, you know, it's more than we can say for a neighbor 
and with neighbors in Wisconsin. <laughs> sorry, Wisconsin. Yeah. If, if, if you have anyone listening from Wisconsin, I'm sorry. It's uh, and I mean it's true. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> it's a bad look on them, man. I mean, aren't they having that giant like gathering soon? Yes. Um. Yes. Well, there's two. There's there's the uh, that concert festival, and then uh, there's uh, Trump rally. Oh yes. Oh God. Well, on happier things, let's talk about let's talk about Putin. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I first wanted to bring up okay, I mentioned and I was able to listen to most of the episode the other day, the um our earlier episode, uh, you know, to kind of review things. Let's do it with my friend the other day. Um when I mentioned so I mentioned video update, which you said you had never heard of. Yes. Um, okay. Did you ever see that movie? It was called Sugar and Spice from like 2001. Yes, I did. Okay. James Marsden's character, the video store he worked at, that was a video update. Oh, that's crazy. It also yeah. turns out I checked into it after we recorded. I had never heard of or I consciously heard of because I've seen that movie. So, of course, I did a video update till you mentioned it. And then mm-hmm. everybody around me started talking about a video update in New Hampshire that they all used to go to. Yeah. So there was one like 30 minutes away. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was one, and I looked up a little bit too. Uh, there was uh, one left, I guess it was a franchise location, kind of like what uh, happened, what's happened to Blockbuster. There was one uh, in like the, a southern Twin Cities uh, suburb which uh, was open until I think about 2012. But I mean, because video update, from what I understand, is they merged, they were bought out by a Hollywood video and movie gallery. So they became those. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but the, but the, the, one, the one in um, there in uh, yeah, Egan is the, uh, the name of the suburb in by the Twin Cities. They must have been like a, a franchise location that was independent. Yeah, we had a video chain um, around here called West Coast Video. Yeah, where, I've heard them. I've never been to one. We we never had them in Minnesota. Yeah, they got bought up by Hollywood Movie Gallery as well. Uh-huh. Over. There were still some of those left. Um, it's my understanding that uh, like they're they're like those lasted pretty recently, from what I understand. Like at least like the independent franchise stores did. Good. We need. We still need them. There's, yeah. <laughs> damn it all. <laughs> they were pretty nice, from what I heard. Yeah, West Coast was a nice store. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, uh, and I, I think honestly, because I like when I mentioned Mr. Movies, that the one, the one in Iowa, um, that place should start, you know, becoming like the next, you know, blockbuster bend. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great i mean it's not like mr movies you know was the total you know the cultural icon that blockbuster was so but still i mean in, in the midwest mr movies was pretty big and they were i read they were like one of the top uh nationwide chains at one point even though they were not nationwide that's awesome i mean i've i've always yearned and I, this might sound silly because, you know, a lot of people nowadays have a very stereotypically negative view of the middle of the country, particularly living where I am, um, amplified by current political stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really a portion of the country that I've never explored. And I would love to. It, it would be cool to, like, go to an area and see snapshots of, because I, you know, where I'm from, you know, we didn't have a video store, right? We had like 50, you know? And so to be able to go to a place where it's like, yeah, no, this Mr. Movies place was here and it was the only place to go. Like, I'd love, I, I want to see more of that part of America, you know, that like, that like Route 66 or like, I want to go to an area where there's still tons of drive-ins per capita. Like, I luckily have like three drive-in movie theaters within an hour of my which is impressive, and I didn't know that until about five years ago. But yeah, it is. 
I don't know. It's just it's just something we we we're we're getting rid of a lot of traditional America, and a lot of it getting rid of is, is for the best. You know, <laughs> we talk about a lot of that. We none of, but I think some of that, like that old fashioned like community stuff, had more. Um, it was much more important in small communities than it was where I grew up. I grew up is, is you know, oh, sorry, if that goes away, there'll just be another one to take its place. And, you know, thinking about living in a town where, oh, that is the movie theater. Like, within a 300-mile radius, this is the one. And if it goes, no one can see movies anymore. You know? Yeah. I, I'd like to see somewhere where it's like, oh, to experience more of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and that's definitely what attracts me more to living, you know, in an urban area. I don't mean to sound like, you know, urban versus rural, but I just find in urban areas there's many more outlets, you know, both, like, for, you know, stuff to do entertainment-wise and also, you know, people like you and I that are kind of, you know, off the grid, so to say, we find our communities and our niche. Right, and and you're more apt to find find a community and not just be the one guy that's into X thing in right. your whole town. Yeah. And that's what I like about these shows is, is connecting with people that did grow up the same way as me, but we're into the same kind of stuff. You know, like I, I, you know, I'm in Boston you're in your nearest, city, you know, you get hit more with that no this is the speed at which life moves it's cool to talk to someone who lived in like the mountains of colorado it's also just as much of a geek and movie nerd as me but also you know grew up learning how to hunt and you know all this other stuff that is usually looked at something that is not compatible you know yeah. with, with and it, so it's very interesting to me um you brought up in, in our chat and i'll bring it up because you know we, we have a, a lots of people pass away, but we, we lost in home and um, oh brain shutting off. Did you just say it? No. Director of Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, uh, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, Joel Schumacher. Uh, huge huge losses in, in film. Um, it, it's it's a bummer that Joel Schumacher never was able to escape people making fun of him for those Batman movies, even though they're incredibly yes. visual. I mean, the man the man was, was a gay director working in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And only make fun of that whether, rather than saying, look at the amount of movies this gentleman has made. Why didn't he make it be a joke about him? He's, he's one of the most singular voices and visual artists working and he made a couple of silly stupid fun little movies and you're just gonna rag on him for right the you know i i'm you, know, you mentioned the batman movies and you know first of all you know so what if he had you know a, a homoerotic subtext in right. his movies, you know and but by the way let me say um my favorite movie of his is the lost boys i love that movie oh, good yeah such a great i really want to go to like you know the where that was filmed but um you know <laughs> when you watch that movie and you see how cory Haim is like sexualized in that movie as a minor and knowing what happened to him yep you know it's it, it's really unsettling yeah i to say to watch that now like n- like knowing what we know now yeah, and, and there's, I mean, God, there's way too much, way too much of that, unfortunately. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, the the two Batman movies, uh, I have good memories of those. I saw both of them in theaters. Batman Forever, uh, one of my best childhood friends, uh, Greg, who we, we've kind of lost touch over the years, but I've reconnected kind of a bit with um, um, his family, and I kind of want to see him. Because I found out he lives like not far from where I live in the city, in the Twin Cities. So, you know, when you know the world is back to normal, love to reconnect with him. And we we saw that movie. We went with it was him and I and my parents, and he 
that opening part when that guy was in the vat that was filling up with acid, he had a panic attack. Yeah. Leave the theater. He thought his like he, he thought his parents were gonna die, you know. I mean, you know, kids. And yeah. um yeah, that happened. And you know, he calmed down and then two years later he and I saw Batman and Robin in theaters with um uh with our uh my longtime family uh, nanny, her name's Christy, and she she's another one that I've, we've kind of our family's reconnected with recently. So hope she listens to this. And oh, we should have a whole episode where we discuss her and I watching Tremors when yes. I was a kid. We should have a whole episode about that. <laughs> That's a whole other episode for shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you saw that movie in theaters, and I liked it as a kid. And I mean, yeah, Batman and Robin is cheesy, but they were trying to kind of throw it back to the, um, uh, you know, the TV show. Right, that's exactly it. And I feel like, I feel, again, ne- neither of them are great films, but, no. but at the same time, you can tell they're being made by someone that just loved the campiness of the original show. And that visual aesthetic is a through line through the whole thing. They don't look or feel like the Batman movies Tim Burton was making at all. They have all the dust angles and super overly colorful. Everyone is really over pop and camp. I mean, Jim Carrey's Riddler jumped out of the original Batman show. He just went for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and again, Batman and Robin had some big, big script problems and dialogue problems. But you can't deny that the man put his all into the look of both films. Yeah. And, and I think as, as a kid, I loved them both. I was an early teenager when I saw Batman and Rob. And I feel like in my thirties now, looking back at them, they're just a lot of fun. Definitely. A lot of fun. That's kind of the same that you can say about the original Batman show. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Schumacher's block boys and flatliners falling down and um, phone booth and Tigerland like this guy this guy just nailed it you know what I mean for his entire career and all of the news articles are just director of the ill-fated Batman Robin passes away at 80 it's like leave the guy alone I know he he did way more than just that uh you mentioned a phone booth. I always forget he directed that. That's a really, really underrated movie. Big time. It, it, it came... It was originally supposed to be Jim Carrey in that role. Jim Carrey really? started on to do phone booth when he did um, The Truman Show. I never knew that. Yeah, oh, and so... Colin Carroll was brought in to get more star power. Because Carrey had kind of been on like the down shoot for a little bit there at the time. Right. So, Booth gets forgotten because of Farrell. At the time, he wasn't really looked at as a big actor from a dramatic standpoint. It took him later in his career to kind of come back and show that he was freaking awesome. But uh, I love Tom Booth. It's a small little movie. It's an example. It's an example of a, of a short movie. When I say short, I mean like 90 minutes or less that yeah. really managed to cram in a good plot. It yep. really did. It, it was just a really well done little movie. Two uh, other examples of that are Identity. You've seen yes. that, right? Yes. In, in insanely underrated film. So underrated. And um, Red Eye. Yeah. Red yeah. Eye, I mean, People forget that um, that uh, uh, Wes Craven was still hitting home runs in the last and in, in the last act of his career. Yeah, Red Eye is just a tense little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we could have a whole episode where we talk about uh, Cursed and like everything that that happened with that movie, how it should have been great. Poor Curse. Yeah, I really, I would. I would love, I mean, there's talk of it now, because the, the original footage still exists about uh, assembling a director's cut. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, if they can do it for Nightbreed and The Exorcist 3, they can do it for Cursed. 
Absolutely, they can. Totally deserve. You know what else? You know what else deserves one? Um, speaking of werewolves get a bad shake, is uh, the um. Oh, I'm going to be bad with the names today because we went off on a tangent. But the director of uh, The Rocketeers, um, um, Wolfman movie, uh, Benicio del Toro. What's that director's name? Oh, I love the Wolfman. Yeah, but what's the director's name? I love the oh. guy. He made, he made um well anyway, he makes great movies, and I'll remember those names when this is over. But the Wolfman and Cursed had similar problems where they went like they had great physical practical effects, and then they doubled down on CGI effects. Right. And they detracted from both movies. Yeah. It's like okay, like 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 I I hate, I mean, and I didn't realize it was Bob Weinstein that fucked up Curse, not Harvey Weinstein, who I hate, I hate Harvey Weinstein beyond just, you know, what he is in jail for. We yeah. have a whole episode about that. But it's like, okay, you have, um, you have the, the director and writer of Scream and the Oscar-winning makeup effects artist from an American werewolf in London. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a good movie. I mean, it's like, I, I would, it's been. would do. It but, totally should have been. And there's a good movie. Yeah. That's why I think a director's shot would be great. Absolutely. I, if nothing else, I want to see the, uh, the Mandy Moore opening death scene. Oh my God! Yeah, she needs to do more horror. She does. Okay. Do you remember? I read this um, in, in like one of those um, video store monthly guides, not the one that the the work the the employees had. Which we're gonna get. I have. The, I, I told you the kind of the brief snippet about that. We're gonna talk about that a little more in depth. Um, but um, they had and like Mandy Moore in the early 2000s was going to be in a thriller it was called Au Pair I did hear of this do you remember that and then nothing ever came of that and like no, nothing ever came of that she's always seemed to be trying to transcend the typecast of herself yeah like her and she finally has you know, made it big mainstream with This Is Us, which I I have followed that woman's career ever since uh, Candy, the music video where she's pulled along in the car because she's not old enough to drive. <laughs> I, have, I have just loved her. I have just, I've always loved her. I um, she was she was supposed to come to Minneapolis for for a tour, uh, but you know, canceled with everything going on. So when she reschedules, I'm hoping to go. Nice. I can't see anyone to go with me because like seven meters down. Yes, and holy crap, the twist in that movie! I did not like. That was dark. That was so dark. Like I, I mean, looking back, yeah, you kind of see it coming. But for for again, for a Mandy Moore movie, I didn't see that coming at all. That it was really ballsy, and I think. The movie's pretty damn good in its own right, but it's pretty run-of-the-mill suspense thriller with a really cool hook, you know. Yeah. But that twist, that is, you don't do that in a mainstream movie. Like, you no. just don't. No. <laughs> not, not, a movie with, not a movie with Mandy Moore. You don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping... When she comes, I pitched the idea to uh, Steffi, the host of uh, Diva Dailies, that because she's a big Mandy Moore fan too, and I'm like, if she comes to LA, we should go out. Uh, you know, I should like fly out, and we should go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I really, I, you know, I've seen, I have not seen a lot of concerts in my life. Um, I had not been to a concert actually till seeing the Backstreet Boys when I was 21. And nice. I since I've seen them four, I've seen them. Let's see, one, two, three. Uh, I've seen them five times total. My mom and I are in an unofficial competition. She's seen the Rolling Stones six times. Nice. One of my goals is to beat her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Since since I'm all about tangents, you mentioned the Rolling Stones. Yeah. A cool, a cool thing 
that a lot of people don't know and I didn't know until I was a lot older. So yesterday, the 24th of, J of June, when we were recording this, is the anniversary of the Rolling Stones playing their first concert in the United States. And that concert was at Manning Bowl, which is now Manning Stadium. They tore the bowl down and rebuilt it in Lynn, Massachusetts, where I live. Mm. Isn't that crazy? That they is. song painted black to the world in that concert. And the show got short early because it rained and then the crowd rioted. Wow. Yeah, that sounds very Rolling Stones 60s. <laughs> yeah. 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 My um, I love Paint It Black. I've um, I sing that song karaoke all the time. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah. Do you remember the cover of the ver the cover version that was in Stir of Echoes? It's really Should good. Who did that? Because there were like three or four covers. I saw a band named Bob play a cover of that live, and I can't uh, remember the ones that did Stir of Echoes or not. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, no, I uh. You know, it's funny you look at like the Backstreet Boys and how you know they're still they're still together and you know touring after all these years. You know, and will they be like the Rolling Stones and you know tour like into their? I mean, the oldest one, Kevin. I mean, I know I know their ages in order. How sad? How funny is that? It's funny slash sad. But um, yeah, I, uh, Kevin is almost fifty, I believe. I think he's like forty eight. So, that, this is breaking. This is breaking my brain because I remember. I remember the Backstreet Boys when they first came around. Yeah, and because so much time has passed, and yet we still all think we're eighteen. I I can't fathom a member of the Backstreet Boys being fifty. Oh no! I, oh no! I mean, I mean, you know, like yeah, the Stones and the Beach Boys—they've you know been together and have toured. So I mean, it's like, why not? You know, I mean, they. Let me tell you, uh, I saw them. So my my roommate and uh, Kyle and I, we saw them last summer at um, the Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, and that concert. And it, they did not because they in the past. They did combine with some acts. Like, we saw them. They were also with New Kids on the Block one time. Yep. That was an amazing show. NKOT BSB. I, uh, if you go back far enough on my Facebook profile, Brian came down our aisle, and I, like, ran and shook his hand. I have a picture <laughs> of that. You can't see his face, but it's him, because I just took a picture to capture the moment. But, um, yeah, um, that was a great show. And then uh, they toured with Avril Lavigne as well. Nice. But they really have kind of had a bit of a comeback with their latest song and album. They're, they are, you know, really kind of, you know, big again. And it really showed because at Excel, they were the only act. And that that arena was sold out, or, or pretty much sold out. Have, um, did, I, did I bring this up on the last one? Have you ever seen Pink? Pink? Yeah. No, I have not. That to me, if it j just hearing the types of shows that, because I'll, I'll see any live show, I'll go to anything. But right. hearing the types of shows, and especially with you know the Daily Diva Dailies thing going on, you if she ever comes around, it's worth every single penny they charge for that ticket. I have never seen a more impressive live performance than I've seen that woman put on. I think she, I've heard that before. She's insane. Yeah. She's out of her mind. It's right. it it's part like. Like crazy daredevil circus, part punk show, part um like burlesque show, part it's just insane. It's it's yeah, wonderful. That's great. <laughs> and yeah. she does the same thing. She comes down in the crowd and just starts signing autographs in the middle of the oh. It was just nuts. Yeah, um but yeah, and, and the Excel Energy Center, mind you, is like fifteen thousand people, or maybe not quite that, but it's pretty close. I mean it's you know, they and they and they like pretty much sold it out, you know. And that's that's just the what I my dream would be if nothing else for the crowd interaction, Backstreet Boys and InSync to go on tour together. Yeah, that I I have a feeling the world wouldn't be able to handle that. I mean, you know, I know they um when InSync uh, performed at Coachella. Um, with Ariana Grande last year, one of them, I think, I think AJ might have pitched uh, 
you know, pitch that exact concept. And obviously, you know, Justin Timberlake probably wouldn't be a part of it, but, you know, he could come back if he wanted to, like, do, you know, sporadic appearances if he wanted to. But, you know, I, I don't think he would go for that, but whatever. He doesn't need to. Yeah, that's... He's he's a character, that guy. I mean, he, he's an amazing... I mean, he's... No, it's, the closest it's, thing we have to Michael Jackson now, but... Yeah, it's, no, no it, it's so amazing when you think back on people and you go, like... Of all of like the success stories from band like that, you just go, "Wow!" Like that guy is oddly the total packet. Like he 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 hit the scene singing in a multi-person band, and they were all very talented. And then was like, "Oh wow, he can do the solo thing. He can act. He's funny." Like where did all of this come from? Like right. it's not something you expect. You expect kind of like one note from like okay i do this one thing and i do it great and it's like no that guy just he's a class act he just does it yeah. all yeah he he was he was born to be an entertainer he's one of those people and yet and yet he lost star search how did yeah. that happen yeah <laughs> i mean so did so did uh britney spears well i think that's funny when you look at like things like american idol the, the big singers and stuff you still hear from are like the number two, number three, number oh, four. Yes, a- absolutely. I mean, a lot of shows. Another one of my another one of my favorite guilty pleasure reality shows is America's Next Top Model. And yeah. let me tell you, most of the most successful people from that show are the ones that came in like yes, yeah, second or third that did not win because when you win you get tied down with like contracts yeah. from the show and it just prevents you from branching out and doing more. I mean, some of the winners have done huge things, but overwhelmingly, yeah, it's like the 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 runner ups that typically have been the most successful. Well I find that you go you go back, I've been listening to a lot of um, music podcasts lately and mm-hmm. you hear about bands bands from like genres that never really hit it big like like ska like ska punk like the mighty mighty Boston's in them i listen to a lot of um a lot of podcasts with bands from those eras and i go yeah they go it's really weird that we're the ones that are still here like a band like less than jake talking about they go we were the opening act for like these 20 other bands that literally went nowhere after they signed their first album. Like right. they got big and then disappeared. And we, because we were taken along for the ride with the tour, got a fan base and just kept riding it. And now we're still here. And right. it's, it's really interesting the way that that works. Like, have you ever, do you watch, or have you ever seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I've heard it's great. Oh my God. Tonight, start watching it. You will not be disappointed. It is, it's one of my favorite shows. Um, I've been rewatching it on, um, you know, since I've not been working, but introduced my mom to it. She loves it. One of my, so you, you know the basic premise of that show? Yes. Okay. So one of the lines, my favorite lines, so it's like, in a season one episode, it's, she's having her 30th birthday, and she listed like a playlist and her roommate uh, slash friend is like, okay, we can't do this. Hootie? Hanson? Nope, 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 nope. And she's like, I'm sorry, I don't know Hanson's current hits, Titus. I haven't been to a Sam Goody since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> that line just epitomizes her in the show. Um, yeah, Sam Goody, there's another episode we could have. Uh, yeah. I was a much bigger fan. I don't know if we even had a Sam Goody in Duluth, but we did have a Suncoast. I loved Suncoast. Same company. Oh, makes sense. I do have a thing on your notes while you're looking. Um, you had mentioned, you know, the other actor um, that passed away. It was Ian Holm. Yes. Okay. And um, I have a lot. Okay, I have a lot to talk about. I know everybody remembers him from, you know, the Lord of the Rings. Obviously, I mean, he he had an incredible career. Incredible career. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings. For me, my most memorable role is from Hell. Yes, I'm so that, happy you brought this up. That's why I that, wanted to. One of the most underrated films of the 2000s, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I saw that movie. I was must have been one of the only people my age who saw that movie in theaters. I had I, I was able to see a lot of 
R-rated movies when I was in, like an early teen or tween because a family friend worked at a movie theater and he was able to get me in. So we would go and, and go for free too, even better. Uh, and so we saw that movie and I like loved it first impression. And, um, I, and this was, and the timing of that movie was so great because it was right before Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, their first entries came out, which had Robbie Coltrane and Ian Holm respectively. Yep. Yep. So you can imagine my reaction when I saw both of those movies in theaters a couple months later. Um, and I recommend that movie highly to people, but I always tell them to avoid spoilers. You will never look at Bilbo Baggins the same way again. Yeah, and, and I'll say that now because we'll talk about it a little bit. Anyone listening that hasn't watched From Hell, watch it. Um, spoiler alerts for From Hell. Yeah. Shut this off right now and watch the movie. You will not be disappointed. So, so I love one that comic is the, the graphic novel that it's based on. It's just brilliant. And the right. movie is brilliant. But I love the idea of, you know, we're going to use a pretty well validated but never proven theory of what could have gone down with who Jack the Ripper was. Right. Just totally double down on it. And make it the way Ian Holm plays it is they make it oddly sympathetic, even though he's still vile and he's still the villain. Right. It's like you, he's being played, he's being used. Like like I'm a doctor that wanted to be able to do surgery and so I'm still damn well going to do it, even though I, you know, am incapable of actually doing it because of my disease. And I'm being used by the royal to cover up. It's insane. Yeah. No, it's it's a great and like the aesthetic of that movie. I love. Um, there's something so innately creepy about Victorian era London. Something really unsettling. Yes. Yeah. And um, the only thing that brought that movie down to me was Heather Graham. I've never liked her. I forgot she was in it. Yeah. It really... Um, she. I've always thought she's one of those actresses. I mean, you know, a- actors slash actresses. I don't mean to, to be sexist, but um, <laughs> one, one, of those, one of those actors who got about as far as they could on looks alone. No, that that is true with her. Yeah. Another example of that is uh, Denise Richards. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and now that you know she's, I mean, she still looks great for being older, but now that she's older, she's in like Lifetime movies where she belongs. You know, she's yeah, I mean, that, you know, the caliber of that, and you know what, she'll have a, she'll have a great career doing that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she'll you know still make a living. You know, I mean, she'll she'll be fine. But um, I mean, that's where the entire cast of um, uh, friggin' uh, Saved by the Bell is. They all that's what they all do. They're all finishing off their career in Lifetime movies. Yeah, I mean, unless if you're unless if you're uh, Dustin Diamond. <laughs> yeah, then you're just being Dustin Diamond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's so funny. But so, did you know uh, there's the Saved by the Bell reboot starting? Yes. Yeah, and he is not. He was not asked to be on it, and he, you know, famously said like he would never play the role of Screech again. I mean, he played that role for like over ten years. Yeah. And um, now he is saying he would love to come back. You know, he's curious. He says, "quote unquote," I'd love to see where Screech would be after all these years. It's like, yeah, because you're broke and you know need work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Convenient. I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I would love to see his character appear. I mean, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Back, back to Ian Holm real quick again. To you talk about the aesthetic, the way they did the the revelation that he was the Ripper and like uh-huh. showing the murder, thinking he's in the middle of like a, a medical theater, like yeah. doing real surgery in front of the kid. It was just such a brilliantly. It's it's so so underrated. It was one of the first DVDs I ever got when my family got a DVD player. That and uh, Austin Powers Gold Member. Yeah, which that movie that series needs to come back. I know Mike Michael Mike Myers has talked about that. 
it needs to be revived. The claim, the claim is it is. That's what that's what I've heard. For like ten years, they've been talking about that. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I'll I hope it happens. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, I I love and it really got me into like Jack the Ripper mythology. I've done a lot of research. I actually did a paper on it when I was in high school. That my parents they would proofread my work. You know, which okay, like. Do you think that's normal if your kid gets good grades to still do that? It's always... I have questions about that. You know, my parents would always want to check my work. I mean, when I was in junior high especially, my mom would always ask, and I love you, Mom, but I hated... I hated when she would ask this. This, um, Do you have any homework tonight? No. Okay, does that mean you didn't have any or that you did it? And I'm like... I did it, and look at my report card. My grades are great. If they start to drop, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, it, it does seem a little odd, um, but, but I, don't, I don't know your parents, so I don't want to let right. that. You, know, you, you have the relationship with them. But I, I will say that as a parent and thinking forward, I don't know. I love seeing what my daughter does for school in pre-K. Like just to get an idea of what she's capable of, right? So, I think that if my kid, it seems a little bit of an invasion of privacy. I mean, especially papers and stuff get a lot more private, you know. And, and when my, she was holding, especially my, when you're my mom would look through my folders to see that I had done my work. Yeah, it just like, it does, like what is the what is this? Are you, you know, are you um, you know, did you not, you know, finish this? And it's like chill out, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, she would do that until I was in like seventh grade. I guess I like, they'd, rather, they'd rather like. I mean, coming at it from a parent, I'd rather be able to kind of go, "Hey, work a little harder with that done," than having to get told about it at a parent-teacher conference. Sure. I don't know, but but I, but it does still seem a little weird. Well, now well now today you can blame the teacher for your child's failures. Remember? <laughs> oh yes, that is yeah. true. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a whole other topic. Um, my friend and I have talked about, I don't mean to vent about my mom, you can cut this part out, but my my friend and I have talked about doing a podcast where we, like, kind of, like, you know, talk about, like, lies we were told as a child. Oh, wow. Like, the hypocrisy of adults and parents. We were going to write a book years ago, but now we're like, it should be a podcast. So, oh, you know, yeah. like, favoritism among siblings, stuff like that, kind of like, you know, school you know what i was talking about but um but yeah um but anyways where i was going with this is my uh my pair uh i wrote a paper on jack the ripper and my parents were like um they were like stefan we're not mad at you but just be honest did you write this paper on your own because it's really good <laughs> Wow, and they actually made me censor some of the violent content, um, but uh, but yeah, and um, I, I wish I still had that paper. I probably have it somewhere in a folder somewhere, but everything's packed away because my parents are in the process of uh, getting ready to uh, move. But um, yeah, I, I got. I, I remember the first line: "Jack the Ripper." The name still incites fear among those who read it or something along those lines. And, um, yeah. And, and I tied it to, so the point of the paper, it was for my American history class. Yeah. I know it's a British thing. We'll get into it. My, my, my teacher told me I could do it. Uh, Mr. Fischetti was his name. The best teacher I ever had. Hope he listens to this. Uh, uh, he was like, you know, and I, I tied it to kind of the slums in America and how, you know, no one cared that, you know, they were killing off prostitutes. And how uh, the the Jack the Ripper murders, the Whitechapel murders specifically, really brought awareness to what was going on. Uh, you know, like the, the conditions of the slums, and it really brought forth a lot of reform. That's fascinating. That'd be yeah, yeah it, uh, it was a great... Uh, yeah, it was a great thing to do. Um, I can't believe I, I got away with writing a paper about Hunter S. Thompson in um, eighth or ninth grade because I had just seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and was obsessed with it. 
And I'm really surprised my teachers didn't question my sanity at that point. Yeah. We, um, when I was uh, in my AP English class, we had to like do a presentation and pretend to be an author. I wanted to do Stephen King. My teacher said no, even though uh, my uh, my friend Greg, the one I mentioned before, requested Dan Brown and got approved. What the hell is up with that, right? Um, yeah, and uh, so I did Nathaniel Hawthorne, which was fine and whatnot. Um, I'm friends with my teacher, um, Mrs. Bendland. Great, great woman. Uh, she... <laughs> when Stephen King got that, you know, National Literacy Award by Barack Obama, by President Obama, I like rubbed that in her face. <laughs> I'm like, this is a legitimate author. Here you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm looking at my notes here. Oh, yeah. So speaking, so my parents were. They're in, the, they're in the process of moving, and I uncovered, I think I posted this in the Blockbuster group, uh, my Blockbuster movie guide from 1998. Yes, that was that made me so happy to see that. That was my Bible, no joke, my Bible, and to the point where my parents threatened to take it away because I was, like, becoming too obsessed with it, with movie, <laughs> you know, being, you know, you know a, a budding cinephile on the spectrum, it's bound to happen. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, now and now it's like, you know, we don't need that with the internet anymore. It's kind of killed it. Uh, but yeah, that was a really cool thing to uncover. And we had another one from 96 that has since have gotten rid of. But, uh, and funny enough, speaking of my, the, it being my Bible, it's, it's on the, it's right next door on the, it's beside on my shelf to, uh, a name branded Bible that I got as a gift as a kid. So, nice. Yeah, you know which one I read more. My um, wonder. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And oh, okay. So now we'll get into. So first of all, I want to touch before on. Um, I did not mention Lakeside Video in Duluth. Yeah, yeah. That was. That was the. Um, uh, another neighborhood video store that we had and they were probably they were probably my, one of my favorite my favorite place behind video vision at the time and yeah the owner the owner and manager his name was tony he was a really great guy i think he kind of i don't think he liked me very much because i was a huge horror fan and he was not and um you know, he, yeah, he just kind of seemed to be a little, and he was the one that was like, oh, you can't read that magazine, I have to take that away, that was him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, if that tells you about, you know, him as a person, I mean, he, you know, so, you know, he, you know, some people just, you know, are, are, you know, not, you know, social butterflies like we are, you know. Yeah, no, I, and, and again, that, that comes with the territory, right? Especially in video stores and comic shops, you mm -hmm. get the multiple types of employee and multiple types of manager and multiple types of customer. And, you know, you get those kind of gatekeeper type bosses where it's like, this is mine, not yours. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not what this is supposed to be. Mm. Come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if I ever asked to work there. I think I was a little too young maybe, but, um, yeah. And my, and the, um, it's, it's since obviously since it's closed and it's now a, um, uh, fabric store owned by a, uh, uh, a former friend of mine, her, uh, her uh, mom owns it. Cool. Yeah kind of, you know, business has changed. Uh, yeah. And, oh, so, so we played, I'm just looking at the time here. So we're at like, I think 40 something. Yep. Yep. So yeah, just, you know, make sure we have enough time. Um, yeah, I got to play the blockbuster game and holy crap. You say, I mean, it was fun, but to have the most fun, you have to play with people who are as big of movie buffs as you are. Yes, that is one hundred percent true. Which I did not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was the night I bring it. First of all, I totally fuck up um, setting it up. 
I put the stickers on the logo backwards. <laughs> them off. They kind of. I made it look okay. I did it. And then I'm trying to stick <laughs> the pole. And I'm like, I didn't notice the bottom like base that you would put on. I'm like, why does this stay on the board? Why is it doing this for like you know, ten probably the better part of ten minutes? And then I find it. I'm like, okay, cool. I was dead. So I yeah, I was I was I was dead sober when we did this too. It was a funny thing. Um, and so I put it in. And then uh, I forget to put batteries in. Thank God my friend had two AA batter or AAA batteries for it, because otherwise we could have just used our phones, which we were about to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And we, uh, um, yeah. And so uh, Kyle and I do the uh, the lightning round. We're the most knowledgeable in movies by far. The topic was racing movies. <laughs> so I started with Cars. There and then know. he said Fast and the Furious. I said Driven. Then he said Gone in 60 Seconds, which I contested because there's technically no racing in that movie. You know, it's just that. <laughs> and I was correct. I, I pulled up the... This is how I did it. I pulled up the Wikipedia page. I look at the whole synopsis, and not once does it mention racing. Nope. So I'm like, that doesn't count. So I won that one. And then, so I picked the... I just want to make sure I did this right. So, like, you know... Um, but, so, like, when you pick the cards, the, um, the, the movie genre cards, because then I was able to pick which ones he got... That's right. That's how yeah, it works. But, but it's kind of unfair too because then I can't guess them, so only one person on my team can. But I guess it balances out because I gave them harder ones, right? Yeah, that is, that, that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. So if you, okay. so since you picked them, yeah, if you if you blow through your round, you then get to do theirs, and so your other team member, just the one guessing, gets to guess on yours as well. That's how it works. Oh, okay. So, so then if they, if they like didn't get it in the time, then like yeah. So because so yeah. so both teams can guess. But basically, winning the lightning route gives you two gives you two um, uh, benefits over the other team. You get right. to pick which cards they get out of the six that you draw or whatever. Yeah. It is. yeah. And you get to pick which one they go on oh no you give them the three cards they still get to pick which one goes on um uh, you know the different category of but if you get your three before the time goes you can steal from their side and then ask your team which i think is awesome yeah yeah and so so the cards um from for mine, we drew. Uh, so I picked uh, Babe, yep, Robo- Robocop, and uh, should remember this, it'll come to me later. And then I gave him Stand By Me, Full Runnings, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh boy, and Kyle had never, he's never heard of Cool Runnings. What the fuck, right? What? And yeah, right. And so he picked picked that for charades. So he has a hat on, turns it backwards, and starts running. Ha! I'm like, oh my! I am just like, oh my god! I am playing this with the wrong people, but we're having fun, so it's all good. And um, uh, for mine, I do. I start quoting quotes from Babe. That'll do, pig. You know stuff like that. Brand new. Yeah, and my partner had never seen that fucking movie, so uh, ours got stolen pretty fast. Oh. Uh, our, our the Kyle's teammate got it, and um, stand by me. He started like humming the song and my partner got that one so we stole that one 
And, uh, you know, we just, you know, with RoboCop, I'm like, you know, shooting off the words. I'm like, you know, Detroit, post-apocalyptic, stuff like that. And, you know, we went through like five rounds each and we eventually were like, let's just free it up. You can do charades for one, even though you didn't put it on the board. We kind of made our own rules to make it a little easier. And still nobody fucking got it. And nobody and nobody had heard of Lawrence of Arabia. Kyle went way. He was like, it's, uh, you know, it's this <laughs> documentary about women's suffrage. I don't know where the hell he got that from. What the hell? <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude. Okay, child. Um, yeah, and I. Uh, oh my god, I can't. Rem- I'm trying to look up what the. I have the game right here. I'm gonna try to see if I can find the. My mom, when she saw the game, she thought it was an, an actual VHS tape. She's like, yes. a VCR. I'm like, nope. Do you remember um, VCR games? Like. Um... Oh boy! They didn't. La- they were kind of a flash in the pan. They didn't last very long. No, I do remember them. I don't remember ones I remember. The most famous one which we had growing up was Clue. Yeah. Okay, I did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There is a really good documentary on that on YouTube. It's about a half hour long, where this guy like interviewed the cast and crew of that movie and kind of talked about like the legacy and their experiences making it. It's so great. It's so great. Nice. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things like I never knew I wanted it, but I'm so glad it exists. You know, one of those, one of those, you know, you know what I mean, those things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, i wondering which ones I... But yeah, and it's like, uh... Yeah, I totally yeah, forgot which the other one we had, uh... It'll come to me, I'm sure, and we'll do it on the next one. That works. But yeah, I just could not believe that. Uh, but like, you know, it's like I'm playing this with the wrong crowd. I love you guys. You know, thank you for trying. But <laughs> oh, no, 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 it can be fun. But you, you, it, it would be so awesome to get my old crew all together. Oh yeah. No, I'm excited to play it with my roommates when I get back. I mean, because they're they're huge, especially Jesse. I mean, she's a huge movie buff. Nice. Yeah, so I'm excited to do that. Oh my god! So if you want to, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but um, probably wrap up soon. Yeah, we're at one hour. It it just hit one hour, literally, like five seconds ago. (laughs) Um, uh. Movie news. So, Screen Five has a release date of yes. twenty-one. So, so just in time for the twenty-fifth anniversary of the first. So good! I can't wait. Yep, and uh, like I said, um, uh, David Arquette is signed on, and I'm really hoping. I mean, Nev Campbell is in talks, and. I hope Courtney Cox does too. I, I'm re- I have a feeling I don't know why that like if any of the three main cast dies, it's going to be Courtney Cox. Yeah, that's kind of it. May, it would make sense just for the character to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, she almost got you know in the. I regret bringing up Scream Four because my, one of my friend who was one of the ones that we uh, played with for the game. Uh, she has seen all the screams. I pushed her to watch them, except she only saw 20 minutes of the fourth, and now it's not stru- uh, streaming anymore. Oh, and I actually really like the fourth. I do too. I like. I am one of the few people that prefers Scream Three to Scream Two. A lot of a lot of people say Scream Two is even the best one in the series, which I uh, disagree with strongly. Uh, I I like I've watched them all recently, and uh, they're all way closer to the same level of, of enjoyment than they were when I watched the session originally. Like I used to, I used to really like the second one the most when it first came out, 
of them more recently, they kind of, I kind of put them all on a playing field. Yeah. Like and don't like about all of them. But I can see you. The second one, I did not like the college setting. Um, I like the first one. The first and fourth, I love the small town setting. The third, I love the Hollywood setting. I did not like the college setting. I did not like it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always preferred how nasty the second one was. And I, and I know that's a weird thing to say, because, but I, I like how the screen moves all of the movies because they're supposed to exist in the real world just happen. Right. Like, there's a lot more, there are a lot more visual than most silly teen horror movies. You know, like, they were having a lot less fun than a lot more. Like, so the consequences are actually really And I enjoyed right. that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, and uh, I think with Scream Two, I was I was I'm always sore about how they killed off Randy. Yeah, yeah, that that's something I, I I did not like, you know. Um, and if they, you know, if Scream Five goes the Halloween route, you know, it ignores the sequels. They could bring Randy back. I mean, realistically, maybe they will. Yeah. God, those new Halloween. Those new what? The new Halloween movies look good. Yeah, and there, there's the trailer for the new one is dropping very soon. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, the other movie that I forgot about was The Ring that I tried yes. to react with charades. I pointed to the TV. I pretended to, you know, like, climb out of it. Ah! And Kyle was like, I was going to say The Ring. I'm like, then why didn't you fucking say it? That's charades. Oh, that's great. Like, why didn't you say it, dude? You could have won. You could have won and beaten the movie expert and, you know, bragged about that forever. <laughs> it's I like love you that. could have fucking done that, Kyle. Oh, uh, I know. And and I, I try to re- recreate that scene and the part where, like, um, uh, Naomi Watts, you know, turned the swivel chair around and then her, you know, boyfriend was there and she just screams. Yep. Yeah, I tried to. It's but nothing, you know. They they gave me not yeah. <laughs> they gave me nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was fun though, and I can't wait to play it again. Uh, oh, and the other movie news uh, you heard about VHS ninety four. Yes. Oh my God, yes, that is like so back back in the days of the IMDb message board. Someone had a good idea for a VHS movie for at least a wraparound segment. It would involve a a mom-and-pop video store closing down, and they uncover a box of, like, unlabeled VHS tapes. Ooh. Yeah. Which they could use that. I mean, you know, 94, of course. They could do that. Maybe that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I always thought that would have been a really... No, I... Yeah, I love those movies. I I wish that would have been like a yearly thing. Yeah, they're they're fantastic, and I like I like all the guys that work in them. Have you ever seen? We probably talked about this. Have you ever seen Colossal? Uh yes. That that's a VHS alum, um, Nacho Vigalondo, the director of Time Crimes. Um, oh, he did uh, Colossal, and I just love. I love that guy's movies, and his segments in VHS are great. He even did a good segment in the third one, which is my least favorite of the movies. Which one did he do? He did the one, um, the one with the time machine. Oh yeah, the, the, the parallel universe. What? The parallel universe one. Yeah, and at least at least that one was interesting. You know that that movie's the lesser of the three. Yeah. So do you so in the first one, do you remember the um on the one second honeymoon with the couple yes. on the road trip? Oh. That um uh and holy crap, that, that guy's death scene was like one of the most disturbing death scenes I've ever seen on film. Oh, um God. it just was so raw. Like, could you imagine waking up to that and that being your last moment alive? 
that just, was that just frightened me. This little movie, little yeah. Segment. Um, they uh, that that like that booth or whatever that you know when, when that gives her the fortune, like you'll reunite with an old friend. Yep. There is a uh, a candy a giant candy soda store in south of the Twin Cities that I'm hoping you're going to be going to very soon with my godmother, and they have that that exact oh. same one. It's kind of creepy. Be very careful for what your fortune says. I, I've, I've never, I've never gotten one. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't. I'm single right now, and I don't have, as far as I know, an ex flame, you know, that wants to kill me. But uh, yeah, so um, freaking bonkers. I know. Uh, I'll when I go, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, that'll creep me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's all I can really uh, think about. I'd like to kind of um, talk about something kind of off the uh, when we're not recording to. Okay. Yeah. Good. So we can wrap this up whenever. Let Let's do this again, and I'm going to thank you again for uh, for being on. Um, thank you all listening. Oh well, Stefan. Also, let let me. Leave. Do you want to point the people anywhere? Tell them anything. Um, to any place to go, see anything of yours, they can look at whatever you want. Yeah, my uh, my Twitter feed is Scream Forever One. I follow uh, Chris, and I'm pretty sure I do follow Chipman Brothers. If not, I will. I definitely follow you. Yeah. Uh, uh, and also Diva Daily's podcast, where I've guest starred twice. We reviewed Crossroads and uh, Milk. A great, great episode for Pride Month. Highly recommend that one. Um, did you listen to either of my episodes? I listened to the Milk one. It's great. I got to okay. go to the Crossroads one. Crossroads is very different, of course. But, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I was um, so careful Crossroads would be two different tones of episodes. Definitely. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be. I recorded a bunch kind of when I was not working that'll air later this year. Uh, so watch out for those, especially in the month of October. Some good stuff coming. Uh, and yeah, that's all. Cool, man. Well, Stefan, as always, th thank you for coming on. And thank you all for listening, for making it a Talkbuster night or day or whenever you're listening. And please be kind. Rewind. We'll talk to you soon.